Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The first time I met New York Assemblyman Ron Kim in person was August of 2020, when my husband Sean, myself, and my sister-in-law Donna drove to Albany to try to push legislation for an independent bipartisan investigation into the state's nursing home deaths. He was one of only a few Democratic lawmakers that wanted answers about the nursing home tragedy that took the lives of thousands of our elderly loved ones. And for Ron, it was personal. His uncle died after contracting COVID in a Queens nursing home, and he was hearing about horrific conditions that were happening inside the state's facilities from his own constituents. Through tragedy, Ron and I became not only good friends, but advocates speaking at many rallies, joint TV and print interviews. And if it wasn't for Ron Kim, Andrew Cuomo would probably still be governor. But recently, there have been rumblings that the former disgraced leader is trying to run for office again. He doesn't realize that Ron and I are going to continue to remind Americans of the deadly decisions he and his administration made that helped endanger the lives of our loved ones. And when it comes to an investigation into the reckless executive order that brought in over 9,000 COVID-positive patients into nursing homes, many of us are still working behind the scenes to try to make that happen. Many of us are still working behind the scenes to try and make that investigation still happen. Last year, Governor Kathy Hochul had announced a comprehensive review of New York's COVID-19 response with a Virginia-based firm, but surprisingly, that has been delayed until next year. My friend Ron Kim agreed to come on the podcast again to give us his take on all of the stonewalling, his efforts to bring truth and accountability for families, and whether or not he will run again next year in the upcoming election. One thing is for certain, whatever happens in the future, Ron and I will always be friends and we will always have each other's backs. So please welcome my friend and fellow advocate, Assemblyman Ron Kim, to the Janice Dean podcast. Ron Kim, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. Yeah, thank you for having me back on, Janice. And happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I know that you are a big family man. And uh, tell me about what your plans were. You know, this year uh, we are we decided to deep fry the tar- turkey. Uh, it was it was very uh, unsuccessful last year. I purchased a deep fryer, but I didn't get the right uh, uh, gasoline. You know, I forgot what they're called. Um, but this year, you know, we were able to successfully get everything, um, and that's it. You know, this is it. This is a new tradition. We're going to be deep frying turkeys every year. Listen, <laughs> you know that my husband is a fireman, and they do deep fry their turkey, uh, and there are still risks. So this is a big risk that you take when you when you get into this kind of cooking. Oh, you know, we 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 go to my in laws. We have an outdoor. Uh, space and I've I read every I've seen every Google YouTube channel warnings 
so we're taking it very seriously. Okay. But I know who to call if I if I need if I'm in trouble. Okay. Very good. Yes, we don't need the fire department over at the Kim household. Um, okay. So listen, we you and I met over three years ago now um, during COVID, uh, during the nursing home deaths and the tragedy and the advocacy that we have both been. Um, you know, doing on behalf of our family members. You lost an uncle uh, in a nursing home because he contracted COVID. You have been very active since then in your advocacy. Um, And it's very disheartening because a couple of weeks ago, we just got word that there is a delay in the New York COVID probe, which we've been hoping for for the last year. Governor Hochul um, announced the investigation and we were waiting for it, seeing if there would be any information to go forward. And I don't know how long it's going to be delayed for. What are your thoughts? Yeah, first of all, I want to backtrack a little bit. You know, this is not what we originally wanted and asked for. You know, we, the families, um, wanted an independent bipartisan commission uh, filled with, you know, you know, prosecutors, investigators who were bipartisan, independent to deep dive with the full state subpoena power to go back and get to the bottom of this. Uh, that would uh, that would have revealed a lot more. But instead, uh, the the current governor decided to outsource the Democratic accountability to a firm down in, I think, Virginia or something. And. You know, I was disappointed that it wasn't something that we wanted, to, but, you know, I was willing to take it, right? Because no one no one else was doing anything beyond uh, the controller's report and, and the Tish James's report a few years ago. Uh, but now that it's delayed, it's even more upsetting because mm-hmm. not only did you not uh, listen to the family's wishes, you outsourced it. And now it's not now say you don't have a time frame when it will be finished. Um, so, I, so I think I think for families like yourself, every turn you've been hitting a roadblock, and every turn you've been saying no. You know, you got to be quiet, Janice. You know, you're just you're 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 talking crazy now. Like, why are you? They've, you, they've, been, they've been trying to reduce you every step of the way, and I am amazed that instead of folding, you keep going and you keep saying, "I'm not going to give up," and I'm gonna. I feel injured morally hurt and injured, but I am not going to let this uh, deter me from seeking justice. And I think more and more people uh, are feeling this way and, and joining the fight. And that's why I feel hopeful we will get there. And I just hope that the report is thorough and independent. What's it like in Albany? You know, tell me about things that you're fighting for. Obviously, I know you because you want accountability when it comes to what happened during COVID uh, in nursing homes, but you are still advocating on behalf of long-term care facilities for our elderly. Yeah, I think our long-term care facilities have been broken for a long time. And the reason why accountability is so critical is, is because our government doesn't move administratively if there isn't a moment to do so. And especially when it comes to caring for our older people and our vulnerable family members, we just don't want to solve those issues unless there is a full accountability of something that we did wrong, you know, and, and that will move our administrative government to do the right thing. 
And in lieu of that, the only time that we actually build solutions is when we go to war or uh, when there when people want to get rich, you know, and for economic reasons. It's either the economy or military competition when we build administrative solutions. And and I, but I think with this moment calls for a third path, which is caring for our people, right? Like we don't we, when we wake up and we pay all. You know, we, we save all that money and pay all those years of taxes to wake up and realize our system has let down my grandma, my father, my, you know, my mom. Just how demoralized would you feel? Like you will lose so much trust in the system and government that you may not want to work hard anymore. And I think many Americans feel this, um, but some, the very few, the, I, I care them, the care warriors, you know, I think the Justice League, you know, mm-hmm. we, we call them many different ways, like the Darbinis, yourself. There's a few, the Voices for Seniors, that have used this social moral injury into empowering the families to speak up. And I think it's so critical. You are, I believe, the true patriots that are that are not giving up in our American system. You're saying, I'm going to hold the system accountable and I'm going to improve it to care for our, our most loved ones moving forward because no family should go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. You know, um, Peter Arbini and I, a, f- a fellow family member who lost his father uh, from COVID, attributed from a nursing home in Brooklyn. We went to Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago uh, to try to meet with the subcommittee members who are also trying to help us uh, and get answers. Uh, It's to the point now where we're hoping they will subpoena Andrew Cuomo and Howard Zucker, the former health commissioner, because I I feel like in Albany there there is a roadblock. So we're hoping in D.C. they will do something. But it does get frustrating. You know, it you you feel yep. like there's a glimmer of hope and then weeks go by again and you don't hear anything. I mean, are you, you know, confident that we're going to hear something out of D.C.? I, I, that's my last hope uh, at this point. I think the subcommittee um, on COVID response is, is probably, you know, I also sat down with them uh, for an interview a, a few weeks ago, uh, thanks to your uh, nudging. And I hope that they're taking this seriously. They've issued multiple letters uh, to the current administration asking for every detail of how they instituted those unilateral policies going back to 2020. Uh, the current governor is not complying. Uh, I, I don't think she even has any documents to turn over, to be mm-hmm. honest, because they probably shredded everything. But I think they, whatever she has, I think she should just give it to them. You know, why, there's no point of covering up or, or defending the former governor. I mean, the former governor is out there trashing Kathy Hochul every turn that he has. Yes. Why Why would she defend him mm-hmm. in any kind of way? I mean, I think she should be fully transparent, not to be vindictive, but to be honest and hold everyone accountable, especially the former governor and the former commissioner of health, Howard Zucker, who you know was at the forefront of all the decision making. Mm-hmm. And now has a, a prominent role with the CDC. It's incredible. I mean, it's incredible that, you know, he was able to elevate uh, after overseeing some of the deadliest policies of, of New York State and, and the country. And if not, if not the world, because we set the precedence of how to handle COVID. Mm-hmm. Do you think you have fellow Democrats that 
are proud of you for, you know, continuing to go across the aisle and sit down with some Republicans in Washington, D.C. and talk about what happened during COVID. I feel like you're the I don't even think of you as Republican or Democrat. I just think of you as a hero. I just think of you as someone who knows right from wrong. It's And it's not about lining your pocketbooks or who the most powerful person in the room is. You're doing this for the good of the people we lost and moving forward so that this, this doesn't happen again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not <laughs> I I'm not loved by any uh, party at this point. I mean, I, I don't. I, I these are choices I made politically will not get me to the next level of politics. You know, I'm not cutting any deals to shut up about certain issues. And that's how you go go to places in politics. That's mm. how you get power, and that's how you continue to go up. Like for example, if I just um, did what the former governor asked me to do and and lie and cover up for his mistakes. I'd probably be in Congress by now, you know, mm. that, and that's how that's how the party system works. You curry favors and you cover up each other's messes. And that is the political currency that that's so rewarded. And I think and I'm a politician. You know, I, I know how the game works. But at some point when you're allowing older people to die and you know exactly why and you don't say anything, what is the even point of being in public service or in politics? Mm. How can you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and say you're doing good things when you know the truth and you just don't want, you don't have the courage to say it? Yeah. And people come at you on social media saying you're a Trumper, you, you know, they don't know how to handle you. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's it's frustrating. And I think we will get to the truth. I, I think there's too many people who love this country too much, including yourself and your family, that won't give up, that will hold people accountable and nudge and usher in a new era that 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 center around caring for people. This basic humanity. Like mm-hmm. how could you just let old people to go into these facilities knowing that they're going to die? And you know, that is just unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And we've been watching the UK very closely uh, because they have been under doing conducting their own inquiry into the politicians that made these same types of decisions. Yeah, and they're in a much better position because that kind of accountability uh, pushes administrative changes. Yeah, our our you know democratic capitalist government is so rigid. And like I said earlier, the only time it moves is during wartime, uh, you know, when we're when we're in military competition or we're building bridges to make money for, you know, communities, uh, economic reasons. You know, when do we ever actually invest in elder care? When do we actually put it the money we need to build facilities that saves people? Because guess what? We knew that these facilities were in trouble going back to 2014 when the federal government warned New York that you can't handle a natural catastrophe in the hospital and nursing homes. Here's a whole lot of money to get ahead of this. Mm. And you know what they did with that money? They hired no-show job, patronage jobs uh, in the executive office oh. to, to, to people's wives and cousins who didn't squander all that money away. So we knew since 2014 we had a problem and we didn't do anything about it. And that's why 
democratic accountability, doesn't matter what party you're aligned with, is so critical to building institutions that can actually step in, especially during emergencies, to take care of people. Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, one of the issues that Peter and I discussed uh, at our meeting with some of the subcommittee is the VIP COVID controversy. And if you haven't heard about it in New York, uh, Governor Cuomo, we had access or they had access to COVID tests early on. I think New York really had the first, um, you know, COVID test facility. And Cuomo, instead of giving it to nursing homes to test incoming patients, he was giving them out to his friends and his families and, you know, possibly other lawmakers around him um, and and currying favor that way. Um, do you think that that's something that could possibly grow in terms of, you know, a fire for the Democratic Party that were that had access to those VIP COVID tests? Um, and it's not just he gave a COVID test and they, you know, put the swab up their nose early on. The um, state troopers would bring the test to these people's homes, like Chris Cuomo and Kenneth Cole, who was married to one of Cuomo's sisters, they would do the test and then state troopers would take the test to upstate New York. So they were spending time and state resources um, to do these little favors for these high powered lawmakers. Do you think that that's going to come back and bite them? Uh, You know, I think that, and other things that they've done during COVID to serve their elite clients, uh, I call them. It's it's clientelistic politics, right? Like you're not you're not serving the public, but you're serving the few clients that got you into power, and, and that's what happened during COVID. Uh, is also the reason why we haven't had accountability mm. because if we expose the truth a whole web of very powerful individuals and groups may come down with them. Hmm. And and it would be too big of a scandal. And I think there are powerful uh, people in position that have decided to, to, to some extent, let's decide with stability for now, because if we go expose this, uh, too many, there will be no uh, stability in New York. I think too many people will go down with them. Wow. Um, and I just think, uh, that's kind of how we function. I just put a couple of band-aids, look the other way. Uh, at least he's not in power. Uh, let's just focus on the next couple of things to to help people. Mm-hmm. And instead of you know seizing this moment to have a transformative moment of changing our system that can truly protect uh, and care for people, uh, we're choosing to just protect their individual reputations so we don't want to they don't want to lose our jobs. Mm-hmm. 
And do you think that other governors who had similar March 25th orders to put COVID patients into nursing homes, did they follow Cuomo? Do you think they were all sort of seeing, following his lead? I have no doubt that New York set the the model uh, for everything, especially because some of the language that we put, the Andrew Cuomo put in legislatively, like giving out a near blanket, uh, get out of jail free card uh, for nursing homes and its top donors. Uh, that language was copied and pasted in multiple other states and was even brought down to D.C. and introduced as a bill, word for word and similar. Hmm. So that shows me how powerful New York was and how powerful the governor, former governor, was in setting the model uh, for other places to follow. Hmm. Yeah. And we won't find that out unless there is a fair bipartisan investigation, you know, into all of it. We need subpoena power. There's no question. We can't we can't just have, you know, like you mentioned, this quote unquote probe from the Olson group in Virginia. Uh, By the way, the state paid four point three million dollars for this that we're still waiting for. I mean, we can't just that's that's going to be a nothing report. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think just the reason why we punt everything, we outsource that kind of accountability uh, is because everything else has been outsourced. And that's just the, the sad truth of where we are as a state and as a nation. I, I don't know if you noticed, but there's only four uh, state and county run nursing homes in the state of New York left. Um, I think all of them did much better uh, than the the for profit. Uh, facilities during COVID, uh, but under Cuomo's administration, in ten years, they sold off like a dozen uh, county-run nursing homes. Uh, so, so what this means is that like, everything we've done, uh, you know, is everything is privatized, everything is outsourced, uh, including hospitals and nursing homes. So, if we disrupt something that's broken. That is the last stop for care at this point. There is no alternative solution because we no longer have the public administrative ability to step in and and, and, and save people. And instead of being honest about this lack of ability, uh, we don't want because they think that, you know, if they're too honest about it, they may have they may be punished politically. We're just lying, covering things up and making it seem like what we're doing uh, in these facilities is good enough. Um, and, and that's kind of what we have now in terms of the care infrastructure is that it's good enough for us uh, approach, which is definitely not good enough uh, for for us New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. And we're getting older. It's not like uh, this is not going to be a path for all of us at some point. So we need to care about these things now. Yeah, and it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. By the time, that's, I mean, I, I understand when there's like a, a, a a public safety or a, like a threat of terrorism, you know, like right in our face, we don't ask questions about how much we spend to keep us safe, mm. right? But by the time that we get old and then we feel unsafe in that hospital and nursing home, it's yes. too late. It's too late. It is going to be too late. And, yeah. and, and we're going to be, we're going to be sitting there wondering, why didn't we just invest <laughs> more to improve this hospital? Yeah. I'm sick of sitting here waiting for six hours for someone to come here and take care of my dad. That woman is too late. And, and what do you do? You just get demoralized and you give up. Yes. Um, and, and that's what's happening to so many people. Right. Well, listen, I have a couple of good years left in me and you do, too. And we're going to continue to fight. 
Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, Melissa DeRosa had a book out a couple weeks ago. Uh, she was the top aide to Andrew Cuomo and decided to try to rewrite history on behalf of herself and the governor. Did you read the book? <laughs> I did not read the book, uh, but I but I read a lot of um, reviews and 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 her uh, interviews uh, that came out of it. Um, did you did you read the book? I did not, uh, but because <laughs> of a certain lawsuit that my husband is part of, uh, there were. Um, certainly documents. There were documents about the nursing home that she wrote about. I think she wrote nursing home in her book over a hundred times. So she was clearly trying to, um, you know, give excuses or write history of what had happened. But I found it interesting that she didn't talk about her father's role as a lobbyist with the hospital association. I thought that that was very, because, you you know, obviously we're in the weeds with all of this. And Cuomo, DeRosa, and her family all have these tentacles um, that go into nursing homes and also, you know, donations and greater hospital association. So I did read the important parts of her book that might, you know, be important for the lawsuit going ahead. But I did watch some of her interviews and I found that like Cuomo, most of the media that she did was very friendly towards her. And they didn't dig into her role in the nursing homes and the conversation that you were part of uh, during COVID when she admitted uh, to you and other lawmakers that they were covering up the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was, this is not about selling books, but it's about reputation washing and, Mm -hmm. and just trying to make a comeback either for herself to be accepted back into the democratic elite circles or, you know, or, or ushering in, you know, you know, the former governor to and re-enter public service. I mean, this is not about selling books. No one's going to buy that book. Uh, but it's about, you know, going on these interviews uh, and, and rewriting history on the airwaves and normalizing uh, some of the bad things that they did. And you're absolutely right. Like the right thing for her to have done was recuse herself every step of the way, knowing the conflict of interest that lie with their family. But that's not what she did. I mean, she did the opposite. Like she brought in uh, these hospital lobbyists that her family had represented and made millions for hospital lobbyists that raised millions of dollars uh, for the governor and her and the Democratic Party. I mean, these are this is this is so corrupt. Uh, but by going out there and normalizing it, you know, she's making it okay for other people to follow uh, the same behavior, and that's why uh, holding their actions accountable is so critical in making sure that we don't repeat these mistakes. Mm-hmm. You think he's trying to make a comeback? Oh, I absolutely think, you know, he's doing whatever he can um, 
to to try to come back. And in, in, you know, I wouldn't surprise if he runs for mayor <laughs> of New York City. <laughs> and, and, you know, just because to be honest, like you know, I think in, in the political climate, um, as much as I think he's not a credible executive, you know, he's he's uh, trying to be that moderate, you know, middle of the ground. Uh, moderate conservative uh, candidate. And I think New York City, there's a space for that mm-hmm. because everyone is running. Everyone is trying to run to the left of Eric Adams. Uh, but it's clear, you know, the former governor is it's aligned or a little bit to the right, even to the current mayor. And I think there's a there's an opening for someone with name recognition uh, who can get a, a few groups of you know, to back him up. Um, and I, I bet he's thinking about it. Wow. You know, you talk about Eric Adams. What are what are your thoughts on what's happening um, with his investigation? Um, a couple of weeks ago, the FBI got involved, you know, seized his phone and his iPad. Um, he's under a tremendous amount of scrutiny for perhaps some cons- uh, corruption on his level. Uh, what are your what are you to make all of this? Yeah, uh, it, unfortunately, this is you know how we used to be in New York City, like the, the Tammany Hall days, and that's the kind of politics that the current mayor, uh, you know, pushed in. Uh, there's, I think, three paths that we've seen in recent years to power in New York City. You're, you're either a billionaire that spends a lot of money, like Mike Bloomberg, or, or you pander to you know nonprofit contractors and and the fake progressives like the the mayor, uh, previous mayor, Bill de Blasio. And now we got this current mayor who went back to the machine politics, occurring favors and um, the Tammany Hall days. And I just think, you know, none of these people, the way that they've done it, have built the institutions that we needed. Mm. And, and, and ironically, I think the closest person who was fulfilled those gaps was Mike Bloomberg's because when he cut programs, he spent his own money on the side to fill those gaps. Wow. But that's not a sustainable model either, right? We can't rely on one person to fix everything in the city. Like we need institutional support. And I think, you know, we need like a remember Robert Moses who built the highways yes. and all the beaches. We need like a Robert Moses of care. You know, we need someone that can go beyond one term, uh, a, a top administrator, uh, just like how we build parks in, in, in Manhattan. Yes. We need to build a, a, a care czar that can spend the next 20 years to build out the 21st century uh, institutions that can take care of people. And I think I think that's the only way we get out of this. What about a Ron Kim for mayor? <laughs> I'm Dennis, not laughing. I, I, I don't want to laugh. I am. I'm dead serious. Yeah. No. I I am not doing this uh, to you know maximize on a crisis. I want to use this crisis to build the infrastructure around care. And I just don't know if being the mayor. Uh, we'll we'll be able to do that. I mean, I wouldn't mind being like the top uh, administrator, you know, for a few years in charge of building a care infrastructure, you know, and and, but I just don't know if New York City uh, is ready uh, for someone who actually wants to solve problems. I I think we are just so accustomed to politicians uh, serving a special interest group and building enough coalitions of special interest groups to get into power. Um, so, you know, we'll see. 
What's uh, what's on the horizon for you? You've got an election year coming up, right? I do. Uh, I think I've pissed off so many people every two every two years. Uh, they come at me, Janice, and uh, and it's uh, it's always uh, very tough on my girls, you know, to see all these like negative things in my community every two years. Um, but this is the I you know I grew up in Queens. This is my hometown, and all these people are just flying in from outside, you know propped up by people, uh, the people that I upset in the past. Uh, but I, I, I plan on winning and winning big and and focus on uh, what's what to come next after that. I mean, honestly, this is my sixth or seventh term. Um, uh, this is my sixth term going on seventh term. Um, if I don't feel like there's a path uh, to do the work and solve problems in Albany, I'm probably going to look... So- as something else after this year, and I'm open to all options. We may have to build something on our own, Janice, me and you. <laughs> well, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm so grateful for you. Uh, we need more Ron Kims out there. Uh, you are very brave um, because you're not the political mold. I mean, look at I – mean, is New York the, the city that you – came to as a young man i mean it's it's very it seems very depressing to me it's we're going through a rough patch there's no doubt about it but again going back to what i said at the beginning of this interview what gives me hope are true patriots like yourself and the family who who do not succumb to the moral injury of this moment, who have turned their traumas and pains into activism, into holding people accountable. And that's what makes this country great. Mm-hmm. You know, that around that activism, you're able to build a coalition of diverse, you know, groups that go beyond political alignments, you know, and we're resetting the game of what it means to be an American, right? Like, we care about people, we want to build better schools, we want to build better nursing homes. Like those are beautiful things that we should aspire to. Now we just need political leadership to catch up to this moment of what you're doing. And I think we'll be on a much better path. And the next wave of immigrants that come here uh, will be walking into a place where they know that this is a city that works properly. Mm. Amen, my friend. And, you know, I just I have so much faith in you. Uh, and and like I said, it, I don't even think about, you know, D or R. I just think of a good human that is re- representing the people and want, wants the best for everyone. And man, let's keep talking because <laughs> I want to <laughs> I want to keep helping. Uh, I you know, God bless you. Uh, I know we're getting into the holiday season, but I hope that you and I uh, can get together and 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 say cheers and I, I want you, I want to your optimism to rub off on me in the new year because I'm not giving up. There's no question. But sometimes I need that little, you know, Ron Kim cheer in the background. Oh, I'm, I'm feeding off of you, Janice. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, some, I, have, I have more mornings that I don't want to get up. I feel just completely, you know, just demoralized. But I think about you and the Rabinis, and that's what gets me going. Mm-hmm. So I, I thank you. 
you know, and I, I hope to see you soon too, so we can celebrate the new year. All right, buddy. It's going to happen. All right. And uh, thank you again to be continued. And just thanks for being a, a good human and a good patriot and, you know, someone who wants, who got in this business for the right reasons. And, and I'm so grateful that, you know, our paths aligned. Thank you, Janice. Talk to you soon. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.